Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, and we'll read down through verse 10. Verse 4 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not, stre- do not say that I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you will speak. Do not be afraid of them. Say that with me. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord stretched out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Can you say that? My words. I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over nations and kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and plant. I, I, I want to pray just a quick prayer, and then you may be seated. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, for your help and your blessing upon this word. You know I have no notes prepared for this message, but I trust you, and I believe, Lord, that I have heard your voice to speak this word today. I pray that every person in this house would receive a word that you have placed in my mouth for this day. Let it come alive in their heart. Let it be a rhema word, a word that is, that is alive, living, a word that is a revelation to every person here so that we might hear your voice, we might pay attention, listen to what you're saying to us and that we might... With your help, accept the call of God. Step into the, the uncomfortable places. Do your will and help to expand your kingdom. And in the process, bring glory and honor to your name. And we ask that in the name above every name, the most high name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to read this again, and I'm going to share a story with you. We'll see where the Lord takes me after that. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. How many of you noticed that Psalm chapter 139 that I read earlier spoke of this same thing? That was a confirmation to me of some sort that, that the Lord had, had told me this is where we need to go this morning. The Lord knew you before you were formed in the womb. Not when you were formed in the womb, but even before you were formed in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's God, God is saying here, before you even existed, before there was any atom of matter that would create up that would, that would make up or create the being that you are now. Before there was any cell that was, even, that was even remotely considered a part of you. Before your mother met your father. Before the world was formed. He knew me before I was in my mother's womb. My God knew me. You know how? It's hard for us to imagine this, but God is not limited to time. He was then. He is then. He was now, might not make sense to you in our 
vernacular, but he is now. He will be. He is already there. God is not limited to time as we see it. And we sometimes, we sometimes forget that God is not on linear time like we are. He created time to, to meet with us. But before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you or set you apart and have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And I said, Alas, Lord God, no, oh no, surely you cannot be talking to me. This alas was, a, was an exclamation of, of, of fear, probably. We would say, we would say, oh God, is an exclamation. He said, alas, oh Lord God. He was full of fear. He was full of worry, dread. That's not the word I'm looking for. He was full of anxiety. How many of you deal with anxiety? I have, or at least you have in the past. He was full of anxiety. What in the world will this mean? How can you use me? I am but a child. Alas, Lord God, I cannot speak. I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. I want to pause right there for just a minute. Verse 7. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. God is making a declaration over the prophet Jeremiah's life that I believe that he has made over some of your lives in this place this morning. And this is where I want to settle, and I'll come back to this scripture here in a moment. But I want us to understand that we don't need to be saying, I'm too young. We don't need to be saying, I'm too old. We don't need to be saying, I'm too undereducated. We don't need to be saying, I'm too poor. I can't afford it. I can't, I can't do it. We don't need to say, I, I can't. We don't need to say, I don't know that I can. We don't need to be saying, God, I am just not capable. We don't need to say, I don't have the talent. We don't need to say, I don't have the ability. We don't need to say that people have looked at me wrongly. They don't think I can do this. I don't have potential. We don't need to be saying, I have failed too many times. We don't need to be saying, I'm of the wrong race. I'm of the wrong color. We don't need to be saying any of these things because God sees your heart. God is not concerned with your faults. God is not concerned with your failures. Not God is not concerned with your lack of finances. God is not concerned with what race you're from. God is not concerned with any of those things because He is greater than that and He has called you and He has anointed you and He has appointed you for this season. God don't care God, God doesn't, I, I, okay, if I say don't care instead of doesn't care, just overlook me. I'm a Kentucky boy. Every time I say it, I hear it and I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but I still say it. <laughs> God don't care that you failed. Sure, he would rather you hadn't, but he has grace to cover it. It doesn't matter that you are 50 60, 70, 80, 90. It doesn't matter. That's no years in God's eyes. That's nothing. God spoke to Abraham when he was about 80 and told him he was going to have a son. (laughs) You're kidding me, God. 
Sarah thought it was a joke. She laughed. We are limiting God because we look at us and we think that we can't accomplish it. I'm going I'm to park right here for just a minute. I'm not just going to pause. I'm going to park. We are limiting God because we think that He is, is somehow incapable because He is working with faulty material. I want to remind you, we are talking about a God when nothing else existed. He said, let there be, and there was. Now, that's better than you all responded. We are talking about a God who said, let there be, and there was, when there had never been before. And we are concerned with our faults, with our limitations, with our little problems, with our little struggles, with our lack of talent, with our lack of capital, with our lack of finances. And if God has called you and anointed you for a season like this, He will provide and He will make a way. And we need to stop looking at Him as though He is not capable just because we feel we are not capable. I'll come back there putting it out of park and going back into drive. I'll come back there. The Lord said, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Everywhere I send you, you shall go, and everything I command you, you shall speak. God's making this declaration over Jeremiah. He's speaking to him. Told you I'd tell you a story. I'll get there in a minute. He's speaking to him, and he's not only saying that I've called you. He's not only saying I have anointed you. But he is saying something that a father with knowledge of his son or his daughter can say that someone who doesn't know them intimately cannot say. God knows Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you were, before you were ever born, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God knows him. God knows him because, as we read in Psalm 139, he had formed him in the innermost parts of his mother. God knew him because not only, not only did he see him being created, he had a hand in it. And God knew that if he called Jeremiah, Jeremiah would be faithful to it. And God spoke over him and he said, everywhere you go, everywhere I send you, you will go. And every person I tell you to speak to, you will speak. God is saying here something that we we need to grasp. And I don't know that it had ever come alive to me before, but it just jumped off the page at me just now. What God was saying is, I have confidence in you. I made you for this job. I see it in you. I see it in you. I know that it is in you. I know that you have this ability. I know that it is in you. And I trust, I fully trust that whatever I, I tell you, you will speak. And that whatever, wherever I send you, you will go. I fully trust that. God didn't say even that I fully trusted. He declared it as though it was already a fact. Even though Jeremiah was saying, Alas, Lord God, I cannot speak. But God was saying, you will go. Not that, not that this was a command. I don't believe this was a command. God was saying over him, I know your heart. I am the one that put that drive in you. 
I am the one that stirs that fire that's shut up in your bones. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Can't keep quiet. God made him that way. I identify with Jeremiah. When I was 14 years old, I began to feel the call to preach. I gave my heart to the Lord in a Sunday school classroom at about five years of age. And at 14 years of age, 14 years of age, I don't know why I waited so long. I guess mom and dad wanted to be sure that that I really knew what I was doing. But I was baptized at 14 years of age and I was filled with the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues at the age of 14. And at the age of 14, the Lord began to speak to me about preaching. And I told you, I've told you all this, and I won't go into great details there, but I did not want to preach. I was scared. I was afraid. I said, Lord, I'm too young. I'm too young. I'm incapable. I'm just not able. Time went on. The Lord was, the Lord was dealing with me, and I was saying I'm too young. And someone in a service began to pray over me, and the Lord worked through them. He was a pastor. Worked through them, and he began to speak to me, and he said, the Lord says, say not that I am a youth, because you will go to who I send you, and you will speak what I have said for you to say. Paraphrase. He didn't even exactly, perhaps, say exactly what the word says. But I, I didn't even know at that time that it was Jeremiah that he was, that he was quoting or referring to. But this was, a, this was a word of God. This is the gift of knowledge in, in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And he began to speak over my life. And he began to say some of the very same things that God had spoken to Jeremiah. And when I began to hear this, I, I'm not real sure what the emotions were swelling up inside me. But I began to have a little bit of hope that if God says I can do it, then I can do it. As I got a little older... I began to say, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have the personality. I don't want to do it was the big thing. But I didn't didn't portray it that way. I portrayed it as I really don't know what it is that God wants me to do. Some of us will say, I don't know what it is that God wants me to do. And we're lying to ourselves. Calling somebody out right now. We're lying to ourselves. It's, it's not really that we don't know what God wants us to do. It's that we don't know every detail of what God wants us to do. So I thought I can say that and I can get away with it. I don't understand every detail that God wants me, everything he wants me to do. And I fought it. I ran from it for 16 years. I am ashamed That I ran so long from the call of God on my life. I look back at that from time to time and I think, God, what could you have done in me if I had not been so slowful? If if I had begun to preach when you called me to preach. But then I'm reminded that God knew. He formed me in the innermost parts of my mother's womb. He knew me before I was even formed and he knew it would take me a long time to accept his will. So he began to, to work on me at a young age. And I heard the word of the Lord being spoken over me. That I would go to whom he sent me and that I would speak his word. The same thing that God declared over Jeremiah, he declared over me. I'm not telling you that to brag on me. I'm telling you that because I want you to understand God, I believe, is declaring that over you as well. Let's jump to Isaiah. I'm not going to turn you there, but Isaiah was in the spirit and he began to look into heaven and he saw and heard a conversation. And the Lord was saying, who will go for us? 
And Isaiah said, anybody? Here am I, Lord. Send me. Do you think, do you think for a moment that God didn't know that Isaiah would accept that call? Do you think that was not the very reason that God had shown him into the spirit, in the spirit, what was going on in heaven at that precise moment for Isaiah? God knew that he would say, here am I, send me. God knows you. God knows if you're capable. God knows if you're able. God knows if you will make yourself available. And I understand the hardships with, with accepting the call of God or stepping into the call of God. I understand how difficult it is for us to say, God has called me because it's all Almost as though some will think, well, look at, look at him. He's saying he's called of God. This was another thing I dealt with. My daddy is my pastor. He's been my pastor for more than 40 years. But my grandpa was a pastor. Pentecostal preacher. Before him, generations of pastors. I don't know, I don't know where the, the, the next one was back in our, in our genealogy, but I remember looking at our family tree, and it's got reverend or pastor. Someone put our genealogy together, and all throughout my genealogy, I see that. But it's not just that, and it's not just my dad, and it's not just my grandpa, but I have uncles. My uncle Jim was, was, was my dad's pastor. Before my dad became my pastor. My mom has brothers who preaches. On both sides, I'm just, it's just a whole bunch of preachers. And I thought to myself, these people that know my family will say, Jerry Ray, which is what they all called me in Corbin and Williamsburg, Jerry Ray is preaching because that's the thing to do in his family. That's what everybody will think. That's what, I was, that's what was going on in my mind. That's what everybody will think. Everybody think he's preaching because that's just what he thinks he's supposed to do because his daddy did and his grandpa did and all of his uncles that preach, that's just what he's supposed to do. And this became an intimidation for me. And I, I told, I don't even think Stephanie got to hear it this morning, but I told Joanne, I said, when, when I grew to the age that the youth didn't bother me, there was something else. You understand that? We are people who, that we, we go one of two ways usually. We're either too proud of ourselves and God can't use us because we're boastful and he has to humble us. Or we don't believe enough in the power of God in ourselves. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even think, but we don't see that happening because we don't think He can do it in us. According to the power that's working, that worketh in us. We are a people who are, we're, we're not real centered at times. We either, we either limit God because we're too boastful or we limit God because we're too, I won't say too humble, that's not it. We're, too, we're intimidated. If I ask you who's, too proud in this place, nobody will raise their hand. So I'll skip that one. Because when we're proud, we sometimes don't realize it. But how many of you struggle with intimidation of any sort? Not that you're too young, not that you're too old. It can be that. It can be something else. Anybody else in this house? I, I see 
80%? Here's the thing, and I'll get back to the scripture in just a moment. Here's the thing. There's always some reason. Let's, let's call it an excuse. There's always some excuse to not do what God has called us to do. For a while, I was too old. I mean, too young. Too young. Some of you think, might think you're too old. And then, after I realized I, I'm not too young, I had already spent many years with a, a secular job, and, and I had a career, and I had a family, and I couldn't go to seminary. I couldn't go to Bible school. And I began to say, God, I can't, I can't do this because I don't have the Bible training. I don't have the education. I, don't have, I, I, went, to, I went to college for, for one semester while I was working at CAT, and I just couldn't keep it up. And I, How do I do this? I don't have the training. The Lord reminded me in the middle of that excuse that He had been training me all my life. I'm not saying that seminary or Bible school is a bad thing. As a matter of fact, I think that it's a good thing. But I will say, if we are trying to say that we can't do something because we don't have the training or we don't have the ability or we don't have the talent or we don't have the gumption, whatever that word even means, then we're trying to find an excuse to not do what God has said. And Stephanie, I am not trying to embarrass you this morning. I'm talking to myself just as much, even still to this day. We're looking for excuse because we don't believe, we don't believe that God is able to do this in us because we see our deficiencies, we see our failures, we see our faults, we see what no one else sees, we see the struggles that we have, we see the difficulties that we have, we see how nervous we get when we're standing before people, we see how we are prone to fall on one side or the other of the the idea of being too soft or too harsh. We see all these things and we say, for whatever, whatever the, the excuse is, we say to ourselves, I just don't think I can do this, or God, I can't do this, or alas, Lord God, like Jeremiah said. But I want you to know, The 80% or so who raised your hand that you are intimidated by something and it keeps you, it hinders you from doing the thing that God wants you to do. I want you to know, and Stephanie, I'm going to call you out on this. I want you to know you are anointed of God. God has chosen you and He has ordained you and He has appointed you and He doesn't care that you're a woman. He doesn't care that you're a mother of three little boys that are running everywhere. He doesn't care. He has placed His anointing on you and He has His mantle over you and He has ordained you for this season. And God... God is speaking the same thing to the other 80% in this church who lifted their hands that they're being intimidated. Say not that I am a child. Say not that I am not talented enough. Say not 
that I am, I am a woman or say not that I'm unable to do it because I'm not talented. I, I know that sometimes these things all come into play and they, they really weigh heavy on us. But if God has called you, if God has ordained you, if God has anointed you, then He will provide the way. And God knows you from your innermost being because He formed you and He made you capable of doing what He has called you to do. How can you all just sit there? I feel like dancing. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm not preaching as good as I think I am. I'm not trying to brag on me. I feel so much of God's presence right now. And, and, and even right now, even right now, this, this might be a word, this might be a word of knowledge, but even right now, the enemy is saying he's not talking to you. He's talking to the young people. He's talking to somebody else. But God is talking to you. God is talking to you. Everybody, if you're in this house, would you raise your hand if you're in this house? Some of you are not in this house. (laughs) Let me say it again. Raise your hand way up. If you've got your hand up, God's talking to you. If you didn't raise your hand and you're not here, you'll have to catch the replay. (laughs) But God's talking to you. There's nothing to be intimidated by. There's nothing to be afraid of. God doesn't expect you to go out and win the world by yourself. God doesn't expect you to set the world on fire. He just wants you to let Him set the world on fire through you. God doesn't expect you to be the lamp that brings the whole world to the truth. But He expects you to be a willing vessel that he can ignite so that he might bring the gospel, the good news, the healing, the victory to those who are around you. And if he decides that he wants to let that be an international ministry just like he did for Jeremiah, a prophet to the nations, then so be it because God has already placed it in you. You are capable. You can do it because God knew you before he formed you and he made you to what he wanted you to be so that you could do what he has called you to do.